The Behavioral Corner is produced in cooperation with Retreat Behavioral Health, where healing happens. Hi and welcome, I'm Steve Martorano and this is The Behavioral Corner. You're invited to hang with us as we discuss the ways we live today, the choices we make, the things we do, and how they affect our health and well-being. So you're on the corner, the behavioral corner. Please hang around a while. I should first say hello to everybody and then call you to attention. Uh, This is Steve Martorano on the behavioral corner. I call you to attention because we are doing our annual veterans program. We have Veterans Day coming up shortly, and it's uh, fortunate that we at least cut aside one day a year where we honor our uh, military veterans and remember you know, their service. That's what we're doing. We do it every year. And we've got an interesting angle on veterans and uh, what they're up to. And uh, it's really a, a very positive story we're going to bring you today on the Behavioral Corner. And I remind you that it is uh, brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health. You'll hear more about them a little bit later. Our guest, and we're delighted to have him, is Ryan Onda. Ryan is a Marine Corps vet, Semper Fi, uh, and he has seen his share of battles, both uh, in the military and out of the military. Ryan is uh, dealing with the PTSD practically his whole life. It was exacerbated by his military career, naturally. He's had issues with, with alcohol uh, abuse. He has been in and out of medical uh, treatment for various uh, ailments, many of which made matters much, much worse. And we could go on. It's, it's a, it's a uh, pretty harrowing tale that Ryan has. But we're really not here to talk about any failures. We're here to talk about success and victories. And that's what uh, Ryan has done with his experience. He's turned it into an utterly brilliant and promising thing that helps a lot of other people. It's an organization he is the uh, founder and CEO of Semper Fi Service Dogs. Yeah, dogs, you guys that like dogs, this is a great story. He's going to tell us how that came to be, what he's doing now, and maybe how you guys can uh, get involved and help him. Uh, Ryan Onda, thanks for joining us on the Behavioral Corner. Thanks for having me. Well, let me ask you before we start. Was making the hookup via Zoom with me today the hardest thing you've done this week? <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were having one of those, uh, oh, why isn't this working thing? Well, I'm glad we're here now. We're glad we we have you. Yeah, it'll um, work out. There are a lot of stories about the problems that have some of the statistics about veterans and, and the uh, things they face. I was surprised to find through information you showed me that Veterans are something like 60% more likely to wind up in divorce, broken marriages. I mean, the numbers are off the charts for the things that the uh, veterans won't wind up facing. And you certainly has, have faced many, many of them, a uh, lifelong battle with uh, post-traumatic stress. So you know what we're talking about here. What we want to do is focus on what you did with all that experience in your life, good and bad. And you decided that there was, well, look, you tell me, how did you wind up finding your way to dogs and, and service to others. It's a, it's a great story. Well, to be quite honest with you, uh, like I told you, uh, my family's always noticed, and I've just been known to have a gift with dogs ever since I was a young child, and I was supposed mm-hmm. to be a veterinarian, but I could never cut open a dog. And I always saw, you know, dog training, that's just a kind of a side job I saw it as, but um, that was when I was a younger child. But um, growing up, I always had a gift with dogs, and my grandfather did teach me how to train dogs because he was a dog trainer in the military himself. Um, I didn't train dogs in the Marine Corps, but when I got out, um, I trained my first dog using the monks of new skeet techniques. 
I read all of their books. They're very famous for training German shepherds. Um, and my dog was a German, happened to be a German shepherd way back 26, 25 years ago. So once I trained that dog, um, I would bring him around to different dog parks and people saw how amazing my dog was trained and would ask me to train their dogs. And I said, wow, I can make some money out of this. So mm -hmm. I started training dogs on the side as I was working for the Supreme Court or whatever job I had. I always, they always knew I was the dog guy. If your dog had a problem, just call Ryan. Mm -hmm. Some people would mow, you know, mow my lawn. Some people would plow my driveway just to just to train their dog, things like that. It wasn't really mm -hmm. a, a career for me. I didn't see it as one. Well, I wish I did, though. I, I really do. Um, but um, basically, uh, the way I started Semperfy Service Dogs is that even in sobriety, um, I was PTSD got the best of me. I was kind of forced to work. I had my own business in insurance. I was making over three figures. I thought. You know, I'm successful. I'm making all this money. It's great. But I was miserable in my heart. I had a big hole, just like a lot of other addicts and alcoholics do. And uh, so besides that and the PTSD and the hypervigilance, I pretty much became agoraphobic for about almost four years. I couldn't look in the mirror. I couldn't look out. You know, I'm, I'm constantly having a gun with me. I'm looking out the windows everywhere. You know, there's people in the bushes. Crazy, just, I, I just couldn't answer the door, the phone, nothing for almost four years. Wow. And um, yes. And and one day I just I was praying and praying and praying, please, like, God, help me. Like, this isn't me. And and I just happened to look in the mirror, which I never would do. Um, and I just I was disgusted with myself. I, I was out of shape, partly due to that medication. We'll talk about that later. But I looked terrible. I looked terrible. I said, that's no Marine. I'm getting off my butt and I got to go do something. And with that, I hear a television commercial uh, for a local shelter that needed, uh, they have a veteran service dog program and they needed uh, handlers with experience to come down there and help out. And I was all over that thinking, I'll go do some volunteer work and that'll get me out of the house at least. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. I started volunteering. That made me feel better. Started going to the gym at like four in the morning when nobody was around. So I started getting out more and feeling better about myself. And just in volunteering with all those dogs, well, first I should say, the guy said, let's try you out first. And, and he said, I'm going to get you. I said, okay, go ahead. I'm doing this longer than you're alive. He was 21. He said, okay. And he got his meanest dog he could find out. And uh, he took him out and I had the dog sit and stay down in about five minutes. And dogs licking my face. He said, you're in. We love you. And so I lived at that place. You know, I was there from before it opened till, till it closed every single day. Mm -hmm. for about, I don't know, eight months as a volunteer. Um, and shortly thereafter, you know, I, I, I realized it's time to move on maybe and do my own private business or something like that with dogs, thinking after I do my private business and make a name for myself, maybe in 10 years, I can train service dogs for veterans because that's, that's what my goal was, to do what they were doing there at this place. But what happened was when I told them that, you know, I have to, I'm going to go on my own, they said, no, you're not. You're a much better trainer than our trainer. They fired him and replaced him with me. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, the supervisor, the colonel that was supervising the whole thing was also let go. So they put me in charge of the whole program. So I got to see what to do, what not to do there. I'm not going to name the name of the place that, you know, their intentions were well. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, in my opinion, if you're going to have a veteran service dog, 
program. A veteran should be teaching it. <laughs> Makes uh, sense. They've been, there, they've been there, done that. Um, they know all what to look for, things of that nature, PTSD-wise. I also suffer from TBI. Um, so what happened was, I, I, you know, at the time, I think I was training 58 dogs. I had all these, you know, volunteers and everything else like that. And COVID hit. And um, when COVID hit, they decided to shut down the program. They said, you know, we, we have to shut it down, COVID. I, you know, kind of understood, but I said, you know, you can't do that. These are veterans. They kill themselves because they isolate. You know, 22 veterans kill themselves a day. There's an article I just read say it's double that. Um, so, so I, you know, I was adamant that I told them, you know, if, if you do that, then I'm going to have to start my own 501c3. It's, it is my, my thing anyway. You guys don't even really participate. And they laughed at me and said, go ahead, try it. So I did. I quit. I left. I started my own 501c3, not knowing what I was doing, but, you know, I persevered. I, I, I listened to a lot of good advice and, and I did it on my own uh, with some help, of course, with my wife, especially. And mm -hmm. uh, my vice president, Roger Marshall, tremendous help with me. Retreat Behavioral, Peter Shore. Um, so basically what I did is I started that that program. Um, and when did you, when did that happen, Peter? When did you finally form the nonprofit and be, become it, you know, the head guy? Well, we were official in uh, May of 2020, but we were doing it for about seven months because it took so long to get our, our actual 501c3 official documentation because of COVID again. You know, everything yeah, was yeah. Like yeah. yeah. So it's uh, been a long time. Ryan's story is pretty well known. If you've been watching uh, the Today Show, he's been he's been on loads of television programs because it's such a remarkable, a remarkable nonprofit taking these dogs that the dogs already have their own troubles. They're they're on their way to you know euthanasia if somebody doesn't come and rescue them. And most people, you know, a lot of people like rescue dogs, but they're a different uh, they're, they're a different responsibility, and you got to know what you're doing. If you take a rescue dog and put them into a home, that's one, it seems to me, that's one set of circumstances because a trainer, most often the person who's rescued the dog, just wants the dog to be a pet. Okay. But when, when you're taking a dog out of a shelter and, ho and trying to train them to be a service dog, it's got to be a whole different thing. So let's talk a little bit about your techniques because you are renowned for how you do this. First of all, let's talk about the dogs. Can any dog be trained to become a service dog? Yes, sir. And, and that's a, I'm glad you asked that. Um, a lot of people, it's a fallacy that small little baby dogs, you know, smaller dog breeds cannot be service dogs. Typically, I, I only take the dogs, if I'm going to, if I'm going to rescue them myself, I try to take dogs that are be, between one and two years old and between 40 and 80 pounds. That's usually the best size and, and age to, for training. Mm -hmm. However, we do have several small dogs in our group for people with night terrors, especially they're the best because they fit right next to their pillow. They block them from their spouses. They wake them up from their night terrors, things of that nature. And people live in small, if they live in a small, tiny little home and they have no yard, they can't have a big dog running around. Yeah. They have to have a smaller dog. Ryan, when you see a set of, when you, when you go to a shelter or they come to you with dogs that need to be rescued, how quickly can you determine during that interview process, how quickly can you go, okay, we can do something with this dog, but this dog is going to be a problem. How fast do you know? My Honestly, I don't want to sound, I'm very modest, but almost immediately. I mean, I have a connection. I have some kind of connection with dogs that I can, I do do tests. You know, I, I do, I do a test where I open an umbrella and that's more of an intelligence test. You open an umbrella. If the dog freaks out and jumps across the room, that's not going to be a service dog. Okay. The dog backs up a little bit, and then he wants to investigate. 
that's going to be a service dog. That's oh, very dog. cool. See, that's well, really- different tests I do. I'll drop a clipboard behind them again without them seeing if they flip out or if they get aggressive. Not a service dog. But I, I got to tell you, I go against those rules because if a dog's going to get put down, I give extra effort. I, it's got to be at least 15 to 20 of those dogs that were going to be put down. Yeah. The next right. Day. It's true. It's true when I say uh, that uh, many of these dogs that wind up with you and then in the hands of veterans would would be put down if it weren't yes the fact they would you, be dead you can train them how many dogs at any given time do you have under in training right now um being that you know where i live and and our, our facility i can only right now i only have nine um mm-hmm. but we're working on a shelter and then that's a different story you know the more dogs the the, the better at, at at the place i worked at i handled you know almost 60 dogs myself can you train so, somebody? Can you train somebody easily to become a trainer? You, you know, I mean, that's my next step. I'm looking yeah. for a veteran that I can train, and you know, I, I want it to be a veteran who's been there, done that, because I feel that that model, our model, is different than others. Where as a 21 year old civilian, if I've been in combat, I'm not going to listen to him as much as somebody else who might be, you know, a veteran. And sure, they can relate. Uh, that's just we're, we're kind of a, like a family. At the end of the training. I mean, there are all, all kinds of people have service dogs. Uh, the most uh, most obvious, I guess, with dogs that uh, help people who are uh, vision impaired. We already know about you know the seeing eye dog, uh, and we also do know about some of the emotional care dogs. But these dogs have a different mission because of the people who are going to own them. The veterans yeah. that have that have, as you say, night terrors and post traumatic stress. Um, so they have to be trained differently, don't they? Oh, yes, sir. They they, they go for it. Most service dogs take a year to train. I, I'm not, it depends on the dog. It depends on the handler. It depends on how much repetition they do. But what I do is I train the dog in every aspect of, of positive, using positive reinforcement of every aspect of basic training as far as sit, down, stay, come, heal, recall, down, stay, down, stay, out of sight of me. So I can walk away out of the room and come back and he's still there. Once I get the dog perfectly trained, that takes me anywhere from two to six months, depending Mm -hmm. on the dog. Mm -hmm. If it's a dog that's about to get put down, it's going to take me a lot longer. Mm -hmm. But I use a pack training method. I have a large pack of dogs here. So and we also do classes three times a week. So when I'm doing classes, the dogs are all learning at the same time. So if all the dogs are laying down and they're supposed to be doing it down and one's not, they're just going to look at the other dogs and by osmosis figure it out. So right. the pack training method works much more quickly than just one-on-one training. Oh, that's interesting. Ryan Onda is a uh, Marine Corps veteran who uh, began a nonprofit organization a couple of years ago called SemperFiServiceDogs.org. We'll we'll have that uh, that link up on the, uh, the Behavioral Corner website so you can find out more about it. And he's joining us uh, to talk about veterans and their special needs. The other question with regard to the training that goes on uh, at SemperFi do you you say it takes you a certain amount of time to get the dog, you know, in shape to become a service dog? Correct. During that period of time, have you placed the dog with a vet, and are they involved in the training? Just like the Marine Corps, we adapt and overcome. Some people already come to me that already have a dog, so if they already own a dog, now I got to take the dog from them for two weeks, usually two to three weeks, and let them visit every once in a while. But I need to give that dog a little, you know, tune up, um, and then I give classes and I tell them exactly what I want you to do for repetition wise. 
these dogs need to do everything 10 out of 10 times. If I say sit, the dog has to do it 10 out of 10 times perfectly. Every single behavior perfectly. Um, not only do I do that, but I also do take them through uh, what's called the canine good citizen test. Um, that's basically for people who want show dogs and people who want therapy dogs. You have to take that test to be a therapy dog. However, a service dog has rights under the ADA, which sets them apart from any other dog. That's you mean in terms, of where, in terms of where they can be and where they can, they can go anywhere you can be. They're a piece of medical equipment. You write it off on your taxes. You say there's a distinction between a therapy dog and a service dog. What's that distinction? A therapy dog has to take two basic classes that are very easy. Like I said, the canine good citizen test, both inside and outside. And then they have to basically just have a be the right type of dog. Just be a dog that likes to be pet and it's not mean. That's it. It's very simple, basic obedience, but they have no rights. They go in, into places. Oh, I, I, have a hybrid, I have a hybrid dog. They go into places. They go to hospices. They go to children with reading disabilities and the children will read to the dogs, um, things like things of that nature. But yeah. they don't have any rights as far as going anywhere they want or anything like that. And they're training. Yeah. It's basically just you just have to have the right breed and the right dog. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, as we as we mentioned very broadly, your background, you know, was tough, post traumatic stress. The other the other things that you've overcome. You're nine years now sober, um, uh, and as rocky a road as that was, and I've told this to many people in a similar situation, it brought you right to where you are. You don't get here doing this wonderful work, in a sense, without having gone through what you went through. So, you know. Uh, it, it's just an amazing story. Let's talk a, a little bit about what you've seen veterans get out of having uh, a service dog. What are the benefits? That's my benefit. I, I'll be honest. I tell people I'm greedy all the time because I love to see what, what happens to not only the veteran, but their family and everyone around them. Because this isn't just the veteran that PTSD affects or TBI or MST. It's the whole family dynamic and your work and your friends. You know, if you're going to be isolating and, and be enraged all the time and acting crazy, you know, you're not going to have many friends. You're going to be by yourself. Your children are going to be want, be away from you, things of that nature. So I, one example I can give you that, get, that really touches me is uh, this gentleman started with us. He couldn't even I mean, we went in a, to a shoe store and he, he couldn't he couldn't handle it. He had to run out of there. So he had a very bad case of PTSD. He also had no you know, he was doing bad at his job. He, he was miserable. Um, basically had no purpose in his life. And that's another thing that I like. I don't just train dogs. I like to tell people or try mm -hmm. to not tell people, I try to share my experience that, you know, success doesn't bring you happiness. Happiness brings you success. If you're happy in what you're doing and you're doing the right thing, you will, success just comes to you. I, 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 I wish I would have believed that a long time ago, but it is true. And until you believe that, until you give up on those old ideas and that stinking thinking, you're going to stay the same. If, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So I, I try to instill a lot of that into my veterans. But as far as the dogs go, I mean, I can tell you about this one gentleman who had no relationship with his children. They hated him. I'm not going to lie. He was a scary guy. Now the children love him. They, the one child who was autistic got his own dog. He's training his own dog with his dad. They go on outings all the time. They go, you know, they're going out in public. This guy never left his house, ever. He couldn't even go into a shoe store. Now he goes to Walmart, which no one went really. Well, I shouldn't say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. He can go into anywhere, even if he doesn't like being in the place, and be grounded by his service dog. It is amazing. I want to take this point, and uh, we'll get you out of here because you're a busy guy. Uh, 
it just occurs to me that, you know, the vet uh, is the object of uh, your work. You're trying to get them in a situation where a dog uh, can center them, where they can return to some kind of full life uh, because they have a service dog. But that dog's being brought, as you just said, into a family setting. So, and it's trained in a specific manner to take care of the vet. What about with the, the rest of the family? I mean, can the kids still play with the dog? Can the wife take the dog for a walk? Great question. Most people think service dogs are like robots. They're, they're not. They, when their vests are on, they know it's working time. When their vests come off, they know I can be a dog again. Uh, however, however, my dogs, all the dogs are trained to smell uh, cortisol. So if I'm stressed, my dog will literally in a, be in a deep sleep. I could be in another room if I'm stressed and scratching my head or something, my dog's going to jump up on me and give me DPT, deep pressure therapy, and calm me down and get me out of that situation. It's amazing what these dogs can do. They not only save me, I can tell you one of my veterans literally said, you know, two weeks before I was thinking about taking my life. I think I was going to kill myself. And if it wasn't for this program, you know, thank you so much. And he also it he had Tourette's from the medication they were giving him. He's down to, I think, one pill now. And he's doing better than he's ever been. He goes everywhere he wants to go. He feels more comfortable. And it's, you know, I've done it almost 60 times now, I think. And every time it's, you know, they all have their own stories, but none of them have killed themselves. They, I don't think they will ever, because how could you? It's a symbiotic relationship. So if you think about it, you know, you, if it is, if it comes down to that, which is not going to with any of my vets, because everybody seems to be happy right now, but God forbid it did. I can see the dog saying, hey, no. Because you I take don't a do look it. at that yeah. dog, you're going to say, come on now. What are you thinking? Who's going to take care of my – it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. We were going to go out in the park and throw the ball. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. What are you doing? Like, yeah. They're doing like this, and you can't – you know, that's it's the a, worst thing. It's another uh, sharp reminder of the uh, powerful connection that people have across the board with dogs uh, we've done programs before about about that because you can make fun of people who treat them like their children and all of that. But it, when you strip away all the obvious stuff, there's something profoundly um, connective about dogs. Can't do it with cats. We know the wonderful cats out there. We, we know they're different. And horses, is, there's another bond, but horses are large. Dogs almost seem it's on some level to be suited to this kind of work. Uh, and when people like yourself who are uh, drawn to them naturally can turn it into something so positive for veterans. We're glad we had the time to talk to you about uh, Semper Fi. If people want to get, you're in Florida. West Palm uh, Beach, yes, sir. Yeah, we've got your website and they can they can uh, get more information about Semper Fi service dogs there. But you are a nonprofit. So again, you're, you're about people donating money and stuff, right? Yes, sir. We're 100% nonprofit. We, we rely on donations to stay alive. Um, and yes, if you want uh, to, to donate or volunteer, or especially if you're a veteran in need like I was, please, please call us. My number is 561-255-4900. And our, we have our application right on our website. You can watch the Today Show if you let it load up long enough. That's org. And I'm more looking for veterans than anything else. I know my wife would kick me if I said that. We do need the money, but I need more veterans. I want to help as many people as I can while I'm on this earth. Yeah, listen. Um, veterans and dogs, of course. And there are not a lot of people saying looking for veterans to help. So anyone who does, we applaud. 
Uh, Ryan Onda, thanks so much, buddy. Uh, this is great. I want to thank Roger Marshall Jr., our pal, someone you work very closely with. Uh, Roger, of course, is with the Birdwell Foundation. They do great work for, for veterans. We salute Roger and uh, Birdwell as well on this uh, Veterans Day. And, of course, uh, the retreat and all that. Thanks, Ryan. Continue success with the, with the work. If there's anything else we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out here on the corner. Thank you very much. Thank you all for having me. Thank you. Our pleasure. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much. Behavioral Corner. Uh, look for us wherever you find your podcasts. And by the way, do not forget, hit the subscription button. Okay? That's an order. Retreat Behavioral Health has proudly been serving the community for over 10 years. Here at Retreat, we believe in the power of connection and quality care. We offer comprehensive, holistic, and compassionate treatment from industry-leading experts. Call 855-802-6600 or visit us at www.retreatbehavioralhealth.com to begin your journey today. That's it for now. And make us a habit, hanging out at the Behavioral Corner. And when we're not hanging... Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter on The Behavioral Corner.